Welcome to this reading of a Pathwork Lecture by Eva Paracas. It is read by Gary Volbrocht. Pathwork Lecture number 239, 1976-1975-Christmas-Lecture-1975-Greetings-My-Beloved-Ones-The-Blessings-Flow-Richly-From-Your-Innermost-Being-Into-The-Outer-World-And-From-The-Outer-World-Around-You-Back-Into-Your-
You cannot bear it. You create circumstances around you that seem to justify misery and darkness. But you must have been courting that misery and darkness. To the degree you refuse purification, you lack the courage to change into better ways, into new ways, into the ways within you that come with a powerful sweep. They show you that life is good. You can afford generosity. You can afford to let others be their best. You can afford to give up the little self-interests. You can afford to be in a state of love. You can afford to have the courage and risk truth. You can afford humility, and the best will flow to you because you can receive it. Your offerings, symbolized in the ornaments on your tree, are very real. These offerings must often be repeated, perhaps in your daily meditation, in your work sessions, in your group experiences, in your interaction with one another. They can be renewed when one points out to another what he or she observes. And when you listen more with an ear to what is the truth, rather than with the attitude of being rejected, hurt, and misjudged. When you listen for the truth, you will find the Christ within. You will experience so much more the greater life, the real life that you are a part of, your greater being, your eternal reality. You will know there is nothing to fear and nothing to mourn. You, my friends, who are carriers and instruments in this important historical time, at this point of evolution, actually live simultaneously in two worlds. You start off believing only in this material world that is very real to you. And it is indeed important, for it is your task to infuse the world of matter with the greater spiritual reality in which you are much more firmly planted than you realize. Only the separated consciousness manages not to know this. But as you progress on your path, slowly but surely, your mind enlarges. Your mind makes a leap, and suddenly you find another consciousness that is so much more real. Perhaps you discover it first by creating a channel, as you call it. More and more of you begin to create a channel, and thus find out who you really are. What greater gift could you give to yourself than making an effort to create a channel to that in you which is the Christ? The Christ in you is your true identity, which knows all and fears nothing and lives forever. It is that you 
that is always bathed in light, that is a light body, an energy body, truly indestructible. Your consciousness has its feet planted in both these worlds, and that is your task, to bring the world that is the reality into the outer realms, and so to infuse the light of the newly born Christ into matter. Christ is born every minute, every second in time. Every new realization, every spurt of new consciousness, every breath of love, every change of attitude gives birth to the Christ, until all these many little lights that you light up in your own souls, spreading into others' souls, converge and emerge into one huge sea of light, into a sea of love, into a sea of intense, joyous awareness. Your community grows in depth, in beauty, in truth, in love, and in abundance. And so more and more you make room for the Christ to guide you, to infuse you, to protect you, and to love you. And you discover a new oneness with each other, although you had started off as strangers with walls around you. But these walls begin to crumble, and what was illusory separation turns out to be what it always was and really is, a oneness of consciousness, a love between various aspects of God. Each one of you is a beautiful aspect and individualization of God. As you learn to discover this, you learn not to diminish your personality, but rather to make a bridge, a beautiful golden bridge from one to the other. This message, my beloved ones, will bring you into your inner being and perhaps create a greater awareness of it than you have ever had. You can translate these words into your own new awareness of your true identity and discover your eternal reality, your eternal love and beauty and safety for you need not fear or guard against anyone or anything. Question. A group of us who work with children on the path as helpers have started what we call a children's seminar, where we discuss the problems of working with children. One of the subjects of discussion for our next meeting is sexuality in children. I wondered if you could address the children tonight on this subject and help us who work with the children. Answer. It is, of course, a wonderful thing that the old taboos are removed. The old restrictions that make sexuality a dirty, guilty secret 
no longer exist. It is important that a growing human being knows and learns to accept this beautiful force, this divine force. At the same time, it is of equal importance to realize that the greater a force, whether it be the force of sexuality or any other spiritual force, the more it requires a tremendous amount of maturity. And young people can be mature, which means a sense of responsibility and self-discipline. Self-discipline here is not meant in the sense of denial of pleasure, but in the sense of the constant process of self-purification, of honesty, of truthfulness, of commitment to growing. If this deep, sincere commitment to self-discipline is lacking, the sexual force cannot be born and will turn into destructiveness. It is important to understand this. It is also important to realize that without a loving heart, sexuality becomes shallow, unfulfilling, empty, and it will always be guilt-producing, no matter what the mores of your outer society may be. The guilt is then an inner guilt for wanting to grab a pleasure in a selfish way, without lovingness. Only when that attitude of lovingness is cultivated can guiltlessness exist, and therefore the full capacity to enjoy all the pleasures, including sexual pleasure. Question from a child. I want to know why I hurry through life. Answer. You hurry through life because you want to shut out your anxieties and fears, my son, and you need not do so. You have people around you who will help you to feel and explore your anxieties. The anxiety you produce by denying your anxiety is much greater than the original anxiety. So my suggestion is, when you wish to rush, hold still and allow yourself to feel your fears your worries, your negative thoughts, and express them to your helper. Discuss them in your sessions and with your path friends who have more experience to guide you. This will free you of the anxieties so that you can be calm. It is wonderful that you have asked this question. Question. My daughter is a very low energy level, especially in the morning. It is very difficult for her to move in the morning. I know there is a characterological reason for this, but I would like to know if there is anything I can do about it. And what is the deeper meaning of this problem? Answer. The meaning is that she uses a great deal of energy in an artificially stirred-up way. 
There is a lot of sexual energy there that she does not know how to handle, and that creates an overagitation that is then pushed into an overactivity that is not quite organic or harmonious, so that then an imbalance is created, and at certain times, energy is lacking. Now, you may not be able to immediately do something about this. At the same time, your understanding, simply your awareness of this, may already have an effect on another level of reality. Question. I find that I am filled with distrust and suspicion and fear, and it manifests in paralyzing my creativity and ability to work and to pull things together economically in my personal life. I wonder if you could help me. Answer. This first early stage on your path is the most difficult struggle. The further you go, the easier it becomes. But in this first phase, you find it difficult to remove your mask self and look at your lower self without losing sight that you also have a higher self. Yet this higher self must not be confused with the mask self you have identified with for a long time. You confuse this mask self with your higher self. To remove the mask self is complicated, for if you only focus on the lower self, you despair. At the same time, if you revert to your mask self, you are right back where you started from. Your despair is that you cannot differentiate between the mask self and the real higher self, and that you believe that if the mask self is taken from you, you are going to disintegrate into an evil person. Now, the lower self is there. It is never beautiful. It cannot be. It is a distortion of the beauty. However, you need to pray for the courage and the strength and the faith to go through it, so that you will find the real higher self, not the false version of it. In this initial struggle, my suggestion is to make yourself available to all the help here for you. Give yourself to every aspect the pathwork offers you, and you will come through. You need also the meditational practice to make full commitment to the courage and the trust to give birth to the Christ in you, as you go through your lower self and do not evade it by wishful thinking. Your distrust is an outpicturing of your inner lack of trust that there is a real higher self in you. Your distrust is that you know deep down that your mask self is not genuine, and you project that lack of genuineness on the world outside. For it is a human being's weakness to always believe of others what they feel about themselves. 
one cannot suppose that others are different. You can go over these hurdles, and if you really want to, you can make it. Question. I feel also that I strongly mistrust my higher self, and even to ask for help from you is very difficult for me, because there is a part in me that persists in wanting to doubt, and not only to mistrust, but really prove the unreality of beauty. And I want very much to take the step and ask for your help. Answer. Open your heart, and the blessing that is here will flow into it. Speak the words, I want to give up my negation. I want to see the truth of the God within. Say these words, so it will be. It must be, for that is your destiny. That is your true nature. The other is but a temporary bad dream, but a dream with a deep purpose and meaning, a dream that is a task. Your earthly lives are dreams that are tasks. Question. I would like to ask your guidance on our crisis intervention program. We have tried to follow your suggestions as closely as possible. But as far as I am concerned, there are two kinds of attitudes. One that is overcautious and examines everything and kills spontaneity. And the other which gives in with a carelessness rather than a trust in the spontaneous growth. I find that when we discuss individual cases, we get caught in this type of dilemma. Answer. I would make the following comments and suggestions. When the person who is in crisis asks for the help, then the difficulties will be relatively small. When the person refuses to acknowledge his state of crisis, it should not be forced upon him. At the same time, it would be important to tell the person, we think you are in crisis. We are willing to give you help if you wish it. If you do not wish it, it is your responsibility and let it go at that. As to the people who are open for it and request it, you have so far always seen that it was very helpful and very effective. The only thing I might suggest is that when you get entangled in these contradictory currents, you immediately let go and flow together in your focusing into your inner channels, to the guidance of the will of God, and it will come. You will find the right balance between giving, reaching out, and moving, between spontaneity and cautiousness. At times, discuss the problems with the person who is in need of help, without necessarily making it a helper session. And at other times, 
Simply be there with love and prayer and companionship. No rules exist. Only the intuitive connection will be valid and reliable. And that will come through prayer. Question. I find myself in a state of being very aware of how my judgments hurt me and poison my life. Yet, I can't seem to stop these judgments from coming up all the time. I'm wondering if, perhaps, you could help me. Answer. When you observe yourself in this state, just hold still and question yourself. What would happen if I gave up the judging? Experiment with it. You will discover various states. For example, a black hole of nothingness to begin with, which you fear, something you cannot name or label or pin on anything. That is the creative emptiness you have to go into, out of which the true feelings will emerge. Your negative feelings, fear on a more superficial level, are a cover-up of that empty black hole, or what seems to be such. You need to have the courage to go there and learn to trust it. Let yourself be with it in order to get to know the real you. My dearest friends, this is what I have to give you tonight. There will be many more opportunities where you can all come and ask your questions and receive my help and guidance. Let us close with a deep focusing altogether on the one, the one power that motivates, the one life that you are an expression of, the one love that colors everything into radiant beauty, the one peace that surpasses all understanding, the one joy that vibrates and resonates through the pores of the universe that you are a part of. Continue your tasks of self-purification, thus spreading this great light and being carriers of the Christ. The love that envelops the universe, that permeates the universe, can be born by your purified souls. You become acclimatized to do so. Let this love surge through you and be one with it. Be your God. Be the Christ. This has been a reading of Pathwork Lecture number 239. For more information about other Pathwork materials and programs, please visit the International Pathwork Foundation website at www.pathwork.org.